Hello and welcome to episode number 41 of The Third Power. Almost there to my favorite number. This is, as always, Anthony Avatolo, and I'm here, as always, with my co-host, Usman Jamil. Hey, uh, I'm somewhat excited. Yes, <laughs> yes, we're all excited. As we continue to go to stores and not find Commander decks, we get more and more excited. And by excited, I mean excited to beat somebody because <laughs> we're wasting our time and energy trying to find these Commander cards that we're going to talk about today uh, to see their appropriateness and for their inclusion into Cube. Yeah, uh, I think... Uh, before recording, I remember, like, I tried to, and I think you tried to get some of these, um, manor boxes, and by some, I mean the Grixis Precon. At least that's the only one I was interested in. Mind Seas, is that what it's called? Uh, yeah, yeah, Mind Seas. Right. And, uh, I personally have attempted two Walmarts, which I believe they don't get their shipments here until Wednesday because it's done by an independent contractor. So for those of you who may be going to Walmarts and hearing this somehow before finding them, uh, a lot of times they, they don't release things opening day, even though some do. Uh, I've tried two Walmarts, a Target, uh, and a Toys R Us, and all of them have said or displayed no tags, no nothing, as if they never even got them. Yeah, and I kind of had a similar experience because I went to, I think, two Walmarts, two Targets, and a Kmart, and I kind of had a similar experience. I think one of them had, one of the Walmarts had the tag, but there was nothing there, and I was like, huh, that's awkward. And Kmart was the only place that had Kaijudo cards, and I was like, oh, yeah, I guess that's a thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, so. Yeah, I don't, I'm not a, uh, I have yet to play Kaijudo. Same here. I haven't really played it. I don't know if I, I to be honest, I don't have time for that. I don't know. Like, I'm lucky I have enough time to play Magic. Yeah, I, I mean, I remember there was a time when, like, the WoW card game was a thing here for about for a little bit, and, every, and uh-huh. people were getting really into it for a bit. And I was like, I don't really have, like, I was like, I don't really have time for this, you know? I was like, this seems interesting. And then it died. You know, people here lost interest after a few months, and then the actual card game itself died. And I was like, oh, well. There you go. That's, <laughs> I was like, well, yeah. All right, but that. Magic keeps on trucking, which is why we're still here and why we're now talking about the second Commander product. That's true. Now, of course, as you remember, the uh, first Commander product came out uh, a few years ago, and uh, it was okay for Cube. There were uh, a few a few hits, uh, most notably among them uh, Edric, Spymaster of Trest, uh, Chaos Warp, which it continues to be one of my favorite cards in that set, and probably the best card, which now we've seen in the core set. Yeah, that card is sweet. Uh, I think, what is it, Sewer Nemesis? Is that the other one that uh, sees a fair bit of play? Yeah, Sewer Nemesis. Uh, I don't know if it really sees too much now, but... Remember, it certainly did for a while, though. Yeah, I think I have it, and it's, like, in my perpetual on-deck binder. Um, I probably don't know if I'm going to be playing it anytime soon, but, it's, you know, it's a thing. Like, you can get pretty huge. Mm-hmm. I remember... Uh, when the Commander decks came out and Scavenging Ooze was a thing, you know, this is pre-Deathrite Shaman. So Scavenging Ooze was the uh, remove cards in the graveyard uh, card of choice, kind of a du jour of uh, eternal formats. So there was a pretty big demand for them. Yeah. And of course, the uh, if I remember, if my memory serves me right, the uh, the Scavenging Ooze Commander deck was the worst of all of them. Oh, as a Commander really deck? Had, like, 
yeah, it really had no other cards in it. Wow. Uh, for me, personally, the one that I purchased was uh, one of the sets had both uh, Chaos Warp and Flusterstorm in it. Oh, wow. That was the red, white, and blue one. It was called Political Puppets. Huh. Um, yeah. So that's the one that I purchased because I figured, well, hey, I can get uh, – a cube card plus an eternal card here in the same uh, in the same pack, but the scavenging was one. If I remember, just was you know, uh, <laughs> it was just not good. That last uh, all the rest of the cards. So I was often trying to find people who uh, opened them and hey, would you trade? I was about to say, like, <laughs> say, oh, I'm like, oh, we got a cat fight going on. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a cranky cat. Oh, so. Kitten walked up, hey, what's going on? Crank gets like, get out. <laughs> it's like, oh, sorry, I walked in your ear. Yeah. So, right. Yeah, he doesn't care much. I was almost going to say, um, doesn't one of them have the uh, Sakashima student? It's like, oh, yeah, that's Plane Chase, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that, Now, that's the uh, Knight of the Ninja Plane Chase deck, which was nice because that had, not only did it have Sakashima student, uh, which was, you know, as of right now, a one-time printing, um, and not only did it have... Uh, uh, what was it? Uh, uh, Ink Eyes. Oh, yeah. I think it has Ink Eyes as well. Um, not only does it have those two, but it also has two Baleful Strixes in oh, the same what? deck. Oh, oh yeah, because it's an uncommon. Huh. Right, it was an uncommon. So you actually got two Baleful Strixes out of that deck, um, which was, you know, so that, that one you got two cube cards plus an extra, which is, you know, seen some, seen some, seen some legacy play in some decks, but. Uh, they're finally now getting around to reprinting uh, Baleful Strix. Um, it's actually in the Grixis Commander deck that we're talking about, the Mindseas deck. Uh, in there, along with, uh, of course, True Name Nemesis. Uh, there's also a, a strategic planning in that deck as well. Oh, yeah, that too. Isn't that, isn't that, how much is that worth now? Like, I thought it was... Uh, it's like, this one's like five bucks. This, uh, this copy of it, so... Okay. So not too much, but certainly True Name Nemesis is the one that's making everybody go gaga. At one point, it was at $50 on eBay. That's silly. It's settled into around 30 or so, but the uh, most hobby stores are not, you know, I mean, most gaming stores are, are not selling theirs at MSRP. Um, what they're doing is, you know, what I'm finding most is that they'll sell individual ones for 60 or 70 for Mindseas and some of the other ones. But if you want, you can buy all five for 150. Huh. So, but only if you buy all five. Huh. Here's the thing. I don't want all five. No. <laughs> I, just, I want, uh, you know, one card from the Bant deck. And, uh, you know, while well, granted, there are lots of nice reprints, and I think financially it's, it's pretty good. Um, but, you know, I don't need five Sol Rings and five Commander Tower, Command Towers, and... The Opal the, whatever thing, Opal Palace. Oh, yeah. Opal Palace, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, enough of that tangent. Let's, uh, before we get into talking about the cards, let's do a crack pack. Yeah, that's true. All right, so, we're using my cube, because I have it next to me. <laughs> that makes it pretty easy. Okay, that works. Uh, first card, Cultivate. All right. Second card, Lightning Strike. Yeah. Uh, lightning Searing Spear, one in a red, deal three. Uh, right. Route. It's in her Strike Spear. Yeah. Uh, route. Is the, Got it. Uh, three, double white. Uh, you can pay it 
destroy all creatures, they can't be regenerated, so Wrath, and then you pay two extra to make it instant speed. Right, so five mana Wrath that you can pay seven to cast it at instant speed. Yeah. Uh, Tarmogoyf, and I'm too lazy to look it up, but it's... I assume most people should know what it does. Yeah, I don't know. Some creature does something. It's big. Uh, let's see. Good old Jackal Pup. Uh, next one, Shrine of Burning Raids. Next one, Flicker Wisp. Alright. A card I've liked a little bit more after not adding it to my cube for a while. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Uh, next card, Brimstone Volley. A card I've recently taken out of my cube. Aww. Uh, next card, Ankh of Mishra. Ooh. Next card, Molten Tail Massacre. Alright. Uh, next one, Gavany Township. I cannot type today. Oh, it's all right. Uh, next one, Thrag Tusk. Ah, uh, Thrag Tusk. How you used to be worth so much. How much is it now? Two bucks. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> uh, next one, uh, Tessic Wolf Run. All right. Uh, next one, Curse Scroll. And our last card... Detention Sphere. Alright, so... My first impression of this pack is it's a bunch of solid mid-pack picks. Yeah. It's like a bunch of solid, like, uh... Three through sevens. Yeah, nothing super insane. Like... Now, there are certainly big archetype cards here. Like... If you're a red, the Shrine of Burning Rage is unreal. Yeah, Shrine of like, Burning Rage is really sick. Is really, really good. However, if you don't wind up in red, it's not doing a whole lot for you. No. <laughs> uh, for me, like, you know, Lightning Strike is fine. Uh, but it doesn't make me want to first pick it over something like Ankh of Mishra. I feel like Ankh of Mishra is just a card you could play in any aggressive deck. And you're going to be rewarded quite a bit. Um, and then, you know, I like the Tension Sphere, but it's two colors. I like Flicker Wisp, but, you know, once again, kind of sells me the color. I think for me, I think I'm taking Ankh of Mishra here and just, you know, seeing what we can do about drafting an aggressive deck, uh, with a card that can be very hard to deal with. I was thinking maybe Goyf. Like, it's just a decent beater. I find there's kind of like, there's maybe just like a visual graph of people's like expectations of the card in Cube. Like, they see it in Legacy, they're like, Oh my god, this card's insane. And they're like, oh, well, it's not as good in cubes. So they like really underrate it, and then they don't uh-huh. really like push it back up. Like they don't go, oh, but it's still fine. You know, it's still a, a decent guy. But I, I think I just like it as just a generic, easy to cast, non committal card. Uh-huh. I think I like it the most here out of. I think Ankh is a very good card as well. I think I just. Or maybe like Thrag Tusk as just a uh, non committal. Uh, kind of card. Yeah, I mean, I, Threat Tusk is 
is also fine too. It was just like a nice. I mean, it is the definition of a mid-range card. I mean, catches you up against the aggro decks, beats hard enough to punish a control decks. Even if it gets removed, you're left with a beater. So, yeah, I, can, I mean, I could be behind Thrag Test too. I think for me though, uh, Anka Venture is a little more exciting as far as the damage output possibility. That's true, yeah. Especially against, like, you know, against a control deck or even a mid-range deck that, you know, if you're playing on, you know, in your first opportunity on the play, it's going to deal a lot of damage. Yeah, pretty much. If you deal, do it on turn two, it's going to be pretty insane. Yeah, I think either that or, like, maybe, like, Thrag Tusk is kind of like a non-committal green pick. Mm-hmm. Very, like, non If I'm trying to go mid-rangey or something, that seems like a, a decent card. Yeah, if you're mid-range or a ramp or, you know, a, uh, even a control deck that has green in it, I think you're fine with Ragtusk. Yeah. I don't know. So. There's definitely there's definitely stuff to consider there. Yeah. So also, um, so I guess, is that our picks, I guess? Thrag? I guess I'll go maybe Ragtusk, I guess. I'm so surprised. I need to look up the price on Ragtusk. That's insane if it's only, like, a couple bucks now. Oh yeah, it's it's not very much at all. Wow, the median price is three bucks. That's insane. Yep. Wow. 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 That's absurd. Because yeah, wasn't it worth like twenty bucks or something or something insane? Like at one point it was twenty five, and then they uh, released it in the uh, event deck multiple times. Oh yeah. And now it's up. Yeah, I wound up being in an event deck a couple times, and then uh, and that dropped the price down, but it was still maintaining around like ten to fifteen. And then you know once it rotated out of standard, forget it. Wow, that's absurd. Just completely went off the rails. That, yeah, that's insane. Yeah, Frag Tusk is definitely definitely really good. So, so there you go. Nice. So, uh, do you see in the no- if you'll see in the notes, Anthony, you'll see something that says Crack a Pack tribute. Okay. So, do you remember how, I forget it was, about a year ago, we would see infinite crack packs with Batterskull as the card? Yes. So, since, uh, because of that, I found something on Batterskull that I felt was appropriate to read here. Okay. So, it's from the creative guy from Magic, uh, Doug, Doug Bayer, or Bayer? Doug Bayer, okay. So, somebody, he has a blog on Tumblr, and he, someone asked him, as a resident creative expert, I was wondering if you could explain the flavor of Batter Skull. It seems some, some sort of vigilant life-draining battering ram. Like, I never, like, understood the abilities. They were like, why does this giant battering ram have, like, lifelink and vigilance? It doesn't really seem to make much sense. So here was the explanation. I still don't think it makes sense. The living weapon artifacts reflect the shapes of creatures or body parts, demonstrating Phyrexia's creeping... Creepy mimicry of organic creatures. They're designed as artificial enhancements that can be fitted onto other Phyrexian creatures, except these enchantments can also get up and move on their own, just with their little germ to pilot them. Okay. Here's the justification. Batter, batter Skull is a crawling beast with a skull-like head that can smash through anything. Okay, that didn't really. This, that expresses its massive four-fourness and round-the-clock battle-ready vigilance more than anything. And but the fact that it has teeth and jaws implies that it can devour creatures too, which hints at the life link, the, at the life munching life link ability. 
Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that uh, still <laughs> still doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's uh no, doesn't make uh doesn't make that much sense. Like the the kind of so the way I kind of thought about Batter Skull is you know like the old battering rams you see in movies like they're on like uh they're on like ropes. Yeah. Right? And it swings back and forth. Is that you know, you swing it forward and it hits and then it swings backwards. I kinda of thought that was the vigilance of it. Yeah. Because, you know, it, once it hit it was back and ready again. And I guess it had teeth and it ate the door. I honestly never noticed the teeth until I saw the GP promo. Hmm. Huh. Yeah, I mean, I it's know. still, I still, it just seems almost like justification. It's like, quick, why does this have this life? Right. It's like, oh, uh, teeth. It's like, oh, I, um, okay, sure. Like, it definitely seems like it would have trample and then something. Like, trample definitely <laughs> seems like it should have that flavor-wise. Thing. Right, right. Not cardability-wise, because that would just be even dumber. Like, about life link trample and vigilance. But yeah. Yeah, wow. Well, that's, uh. That seems mostly lame. Yeah. <laughs> so I did. I, I originally had the link in the notes, and I was like, "Wait, I just want to take this out so I can spring it on you as a surprise." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. That's just. It was posted uh, about I forget when, a couple days ago or something, and I saw it. And I'm just like, I definitely have to put this in the. We have to talk about this just because that's ridiculous. Because I was like, oh, yeah, that's awful. Definitely uh, struggling for trying to how to explain it. I think. Yeah. It's. Uh, yeah. So, with that out of the way, should we talk well, about the, the card is much better than the description of how it's supposed to work. Yeah. <laughs> Although, I, I'm trying to think, like, would it be, would you play it in Cube if it had, say, like, Trample and First Strike or something? I mean, probably. Card seems good, too. Yeah. Or, like, Trample and, uh, hmm. I don't know. So, and definitely trample, but I'm trying to think of some other ability. Like, not flying, not... Hexproof. Flying would obviously be very, very good. Yeah. Hexproof would be ridiculous. <laughs> Hexproof, Jesus. Right. It's this beetle covering, but it's also camouflage, so no one can know where to go. There you go. <laughs> yeah. No one knows where to find you. No. Where do I... Where does this come from? Yeah. I don't know. I got nothing. But yeah. So that's, uh, yeah, that, that's a uh, batter skull. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Alright, so shall we talk about the, uh, cards in this new set? Sure. Alright. So the first card that definitely comes to mind, uh, as a, uh, card for Cube, and it was kind of hinted at in the article that was written for it, is unexpectedly absent. Like, that card, like, it's kind of strange, like, that card really hasn't done anything in Legacy yet, but it's just, like, I've played it in Cube and I've been pretty happy with it, and I guess I should read what the card actually does before. So it's a white X, double white, instant. Put target non-land permanent onto its owner's library just beneath the top X cards of that library. So, so what do you think? 
I don't know. This card seems really good to me. Yeah. Um, this is the one card from the band deck I was alluding to earlier when I said there was one card from the band deck that I wanted. Uh, basically, it's a white, white, one-turn removal spell um, in one capacity. Uh, in another capacity, it is a uh, multiple-turn removal spell if you just have an, even one mana. Um, if you're casting on your turn, you're not going to see that card for another two turns um, of your opponent's cycle. And then there's also, whenever your opponent tries to shuffle it, tries to shuffle their deck for any reason, like cracking a fetch land, activating a Knight of the Reliquary, you can use it a la Submerge in Legacy and just force them to shuffle their creature in or shuffle their permanent in, their non-land permanent in. I mean, for just white-white. Yeah, that's definitely seems- nice. Insane. Like, this card just seems very, very good to me. Uh, and I don't think there's any way that I could justify not having this in my cube. Yeah, I remember, like, having it in a Bant deck uh, pretty recently. And, like, I was playing versus a mono-red player and had, shrine, and you know, had, like, a shrine that was ready to kill me. It's like, okay, I need to just put this on top and just, like, force the opponent to not, uh, you know, to put it on top, which is definitely nice with those kinds of cards, like those kind of, like, level-up cards or investment type type of cards. It's like, okay, I'll just put this on top now. Put it on top, like, three cards from now. It was also really nice to just be able to just, just, uh, whatever, um, just do it for zero and just put it directly on top, which you can, like, deny their draw if there was, like, oh, nice, uh, figure destiny. Right. Right. Well, you know, there is that, the whole tempo aspect of it, too, is that... Um, not only are you going to, you know, not have this permanent in play, but you're also going to be forced. I'm also going to blank your next draw. Yeah, and that's definitely really good. Um, which I think is which I think is relevant, and which I think a lot of people miss the subtlety of that on a card like Memory Lapse, for example. Yeah, like you're basically. You're, you're trading them one for one on cards. You know, they get their card. They don't technically lose their card, but they basically lose their next draw phase is what is, is how you're getting your card. A lot of people get down on memory lapse because, well, I lose the card, and they just put theirs back on top. Well, yeah, except for then they don't draw it the next turn. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a big use of memory lapse in uh, constructed for a while was, you know, a lot of times – if you were a deck and you were, you know, you had your finisher out and you were kind of, it's going to take you a couple turns, uh, you know, if someone would cast a somewhat irrelevant spell um, and you just force them to put it back on top of their deck. It's like, that's your next draw now. And like, well, that, that, you're going to draw that same irrelevant card next turn now, you know, instead of drawing the land that you need or instead of, you know, doing whatever. You just, you know, brick your next draw. Mm-hmm. So... So there's an element to that which I think is neat too. I just think it's the it's it's very good for you know I think the white aggressive decks certainly want it. You can force people to put things you know get things out of the way, uh, especially something like Gideon Jura. Like being able to put Gideon Jura back on someone's deck and then still attack them mm-hmm. is you know a, a big deal. That's just you know one of those type of examples. Um, but you know the other thing too is if you know. I, I would think if a non-zero amount of time, you might want to cast it on your own permanence. Yeah, 
And that's you know, definitely for, like for zero. Like if you uh you know, you're especially if it's like a two for one creature, like if they try to kill your Titan or something, it's like, oh, that's going on back now. Right, right, yeah. Oh, we're just gonna cast this again. Or, you know, I mean I I I can envision scenarios, not likely, but where, you know, you might block with something and then put it on top of your deck so you can draw it, you know, block with your uh block with your shriek ball and then, you know, put it back on top before damage to recast it and Attack something else. I don't know. I, I just think this card's really solid. Um, it's certainly expensive right now. I think uh, retail, they're going for around 15 or so. Huh. And this is, uh, I, I think, I'm trying to remember if there was any other cards of interest in the band deck. Um, but this is in the band deck. I'm not sure what it's what it's called, but the uh, I think the current price of Unexpectedly Absent, and we'll see with the uh, we have Eternal Weekend this week uh, in Philadelphia. They just had their Legacy Tournament yesterday, and then we have a Legacy Open, I think, today uh, in Los Angeles. Uh, I think we'll see if any of these cards make any impact at all. Well, True Name, I think, uh, it wasn't played at the Invitational, but I think there were a bunch of decks uh, in the top eight of the Legacy that had a True Name nemesis, and some are like Delver decks, which is interesting. Oh, interesting. Yeah, the Delver decks were the Delver deck. Well, the finals were two Delver decks. It was uh, Ari Lax versus uh, Osip Lebedovich. Huh. So I wonder if they both had uh, – and that's the Eternal Weekend. That was the Legacy Tournament in the Eternal. So, okay. Uh, I don't know if that's one in Philly, but, yeah, there's also the TCG Invitational, right? And then there's the Star City Opens. Uh, to give you an idea, Star, unexpectedly absent on Star City right now is sold out at 18. Nice. So, the only other cards right. of really of interest are like the, uh, I guess art wise, there's the new art for the Cygnus, Celestian Simic. Oh, okay. There's Dark Seal Mutation, which is, eh. there's the Green Curse, which is nice, but it's only like a buck. Uh, there's right. Lujune, uh, which. Oh, that, is that the is that the Mana War or is that the? Uh, it's the Magpie. The Magpie. Okay. And there's Karmic. Before the. Uh, Horse pie? Yeah, horse pie. There's a uh, Karmic Guide. Oh, is that in the band deck too? Yeah. Oh, nice. Wrath, or no, not Wrath. Oh. No, Wrath is in the Naya deck. Okay. Yeah, not really seeing a lot else. Uh, just a bunch of, like, garbage, really, I guess. Uh, There's new art, Arcane Denial. Woo! Yeah, Arcane Denial. And, uh, well, I mean, what's that on the. If you like that card and you somehow don't like the Richard Kane Ferguson art, I don't know. Well, that's an option. They have the new art control magic, which is pretty sweet. Oh, that's true. The new art control magic is the new one. That is a nice one. Unfortunately, it's not foil, but the artwork certainly is nice. Yeah. Uh, what else is there? Is there really anything else uh, land-wise? Just random. Well, the other, card, the other card that's in the band deck is the next card we're going to talk about, which is Darksteel Mutation. That's true. Nice. Uh, I like, so I like the segment. Thank you, thank you. Darksteel Mutation is uh, one and one white, so one and a white, uh, for an aura. Uh, enchant Creature. Enchant Creature is a zero-one insect artifact creature with indestructible and loses all other abilities. So basically it turns it into a pest, a Darksteel pest token, basically. Pretty much, yeah. So your thing can still block, the thing can still wear pants and attack, I suppose. Uh, but it does turn... You know, commanders into do nothing. Into bugs that don't do anything. 
Yeah, I, so. I honestly am not really a big fan of this thing. It feels like a lot of times I'd rather just have pacifism or something, like, because it, it can block for forever. It feels like I'd rather just have something like pacifism or temporal isolation or something just to... Because there aren't many cube cards that have just, like, really good passive effects. Like, there's, like, Elish Norn and Shieldred kind of cards that just, like, when they're not attacking, they do something. But it, there, aren't, there aren't a lot of those kinds of cards in the Mm-hmm. So, like, this just, I mean, it just makes it really, and it's, like, really bad for aggressive decks, too. It's like, well, I guess I'll, I guess I'll get to Gristlebrand, and then I'll, you've got a free blocker for the rest of the game. It's just, like, oh. Yeah, yeah, you know, not a, not a huge fan either. Um, it certainly solves problems, but I think there are a lot more problem-solving cards, you know? Yeah. I think they're ones that are. I think they're ones that are better answers than uh, than this one. I feel like this is this card is definitely much better suited to uh, to commander, where you can just nerf someone's general, and unless they have it, uh, unless they have a way to return it to play, you could just wind up sticking their general in play for for good. Yeah, with with doing nothing. So. So I think it's for that. I don't think it's so much for this. Uh, maybe it has room in uh, alternate cube universes. Uh, maybe like uh, modern cubes or, you know, it's technically it's an uncommon. Oh, right. So, right. Yeah. Uh, I could certainly see a use for it there. Um, but other than that, not too excited about this one. Yeah, just meh. Serene Master, I guess we can talk about for a few seconds. The one. Sure. One in a white for an O2. Uh, whenever it blocks, exchange its power and the power of target creatures blocking till end of combat. So, you take, you take most things in a fight, but it's still just a, essentially just still just a wall. Right, right, and that's it. when it blocks. That's its only ability is when it blocks, not when being blocked. So, well, because well, it wouldn't do anything. You just wouldn't block it. That's true. Well, I mean, you can give it pants unless it has pants on it or something. Yeah. But even then, if it has pants on it, you're, you might have higher power than the thing it's blocking anyway. Yeah. So, I, uh, I'm sure there is a, a place in the world where this is good, but I don't think Cube is it. So, I think we can safely move on. Yeah, definitely. To the man of the hour, the merfolk of the hour, the merfolk of the month, ever since being talked about, which is true name nemesis. Uh, otherwise known as Brogenitus. <laughs> oh, yeah, Brogenitus. I like that one. Brogenitus. Because, uh, what's up, bro? Didn't, uh, Justin, didn't, uh, bro. didn't Justin Parnell come up with that one? Yep, I think so. I think so. So, Brogenitus, or True Name Nemesis, um, is a 1 blue blue for a 3 1 Merfolk Rogue. Uh, as True Name Nemesis enters the battlefield, choose a player. True Name Nemesis has protection from that player. So this creature cannot be blocked, targeted, dealt damage, or enchanted by anything controlled by that player. Uh, intended for EDH, where you can kind of, you know, have protection from one person. Here's the thing. Uh, a lot of Magic games are 1v1. So it basically just says protection from your opponent. Pretty much, yeah. Which is uh, pretty good. Um, I feel like if this card were in any other color but blue, it would be absolutely insane. It, because, you know, the aggressive, how aggressive a card like this could be. Um, if you thought Hexproof was a pain. <laughs> yeah. Which is kind of um, funny, like, 
like with invisible stalker and pants, like this is that's one of the things I thought of first when I saw Trinity Nemesis. I'm like, give this guy some pants, and oh dear, that's gonna be bad. Right, this guy can certainly swing his game quickly. Like I said, luckily blue isn't traditionally an aggressive color. Uh, however, with the recent addition of cards like Master of Waves, uh, True Name Nemesis, um, you know, the, the whole devotion to blue thing, Thassa's, is becoming more and more interesting. The more I play with and against that card, the more I want to find ways to make it relevant in cube. Um, and all these three-drop creatures that come out, if you think about a lot of the uh, Temporal-esque blue creatures, you know, things like Vendillion Click and uh, stuff like like that, there you can hit high devotion for blue pretty quickly, and you know these guys hit these three one these you know this guy these you know symbol three ones. Well, this guy is actually unblockable, but they uh, they hit pretty they hit pretty hard and pretty fast. If uh, if blue were a color that you could um, really get out of the gates and go one two three into this, I think this card would be insane. As it is now, I think it's merely very very yeah, good. It's still just. Really good, as it turns out, yeah. But, you know, it can certainly, it's certainly more interesting than something like Wall of Denial, yeah. as far as a defensive creature goes, because uh, it's killing blockers. Um, but, yeah, this guy's just really, I don't think he's, I don't think he's going to ruin games. Um, I think there's, you know, I think the other aggressive decks can still race this card. Uh, granted, you're probably going to be losing an, an attacker each turn. Yeah. Because three power can kill most uh, most creatures three mana or less than coming out of other decks. But the fact remains is that if this guy's blocking, it means he's not attacking. So, yeah. and that's the big thing. Uh, like, do- like I've heard a lot of like rumblings that like it was maybe too good or something. But honestly, in terms of that, like I haven't really found that to be the case at all. Like there are times when it's definitely raceable. Like it's it's definitely a significant clock, but it's definitely raceable. Like kind of reminds me of. And it's because I was just kind of looking through my cards in my cube, I think maybe before podcasting. Um, do you remember when, like, Extended Fairies was a thing? And, like, uh, you know, like, Crate Sable Stag was printed, and everybody's like, oh, my God, that just slaughters the matchup. You know, it's like, this is, uh, you know, just, like, you know, unbeatable. And then, yeah. I forget who it was, I think it was LSV and David Ochoa used uh, Vampire Nighthawk to race it. And, it's like, and oh, that yeah. was how they got through that matchup, was just, like, nice, great stable stag, I'll just race it. And, you know, it's like, I can, it can attack for two, and it can race it, like, very well. And, like, cards like that are, you know, cards that can essentially deal with Trina and Nemesis. It can't be, and, of course, there's, like, you can't, like, earthquake it away or something, but there's a lot, there's a decent number of rafts and sacrifice effects, too, which get rid of it. Yep. I, I I certainly think there are uh, – I certainly think it's raceable. I think it's merely very good. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, it, it's it's kind of weird, like, when I see people, like, talk about, like, banning it for being too good, and then it's just, like, then they'll play, like, Treachery or something. It's, like, uh, it just seems strange. Like, I don't quite get it. Like, it just seems like when that happens, it's one of those things where it's just, like, probably just try it out first. And see if sure. that really applies. Sure. And I haven't really found that to be the case. Like, it's definitely beatable and raceable and stuff like that. But, yeah, it's still just very good. Um, I, I'm trying to think if there's any other reasons not to play. But I think even in just, like, generic control decks, it's still good as just a blocker that can block forever that can eventually just go on the offense. It's one of those things we've talked about before with, like, 
cards that defend, you know, it's like finishers that can transition from defense to offense really well, like uh, Etherling. Yeah, Etherling, stuff like that. And like uh, Big Elspeth, or even like Little Elspeth, can just go from defense to just like, okay, I'm on the offense now. I can close the game out. And right, that guy's good right. at that role too, so yeah, pretty sweet. Speaking of which, funny enough, a Vampire Nighthawk is actually in the deck with True Name Nemesis. Wow. That's funny. <laughs> that guy's been printed. Since we were talking Nighthawk's about it. Been printed. Also has Cruel Ultimatum in that deck. Oh, yeah, with the new one. Cruel Ultimatum. It also has the Black Curse. Yeah, the Black Curse is also very good. Uh, there's cards like... As well as Baleful Strix and uh, New Art Star Storm, which is pretty nifty. Yeah. The strategic planning, of course. Um... So yeah, there's uh this one's this one's the one to get. So yeah, definitely seems like the best one. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any. I'm just looking at just other cards. There's a lot of just even like generic, like decently, you know, just generically good cards that are pretty nice. Like you know, like it's yeah. Some people some people like sudden spoiling. Yeah, that's also in the deck. Sudden spoiling was just a ridiculous beating in that draft. Oh yeah, wow. Yeah, that, that was just insane. Like, well, new art, prosperity. That's kind of neat. yeah. That's part of like propaganda, which is a card that a lot of people like. Uh, in you know, as far as value wise, you think of uh, what's the white one? A ghostly uh, prison. Yeah, ghostly prison. Ghostly prison, prison, and propaganda are both very popular cards. So uh, there's a great artwork for price of knowledge. I don't know if you guys have seen that one, but oh yeah. I actually didn't know it was symmetrical until I just looked at it. I'm like, oh. Oh, it's opponent. Never mind. It isn't symmetrical. <laughs> right, right. No, yeah. No, nobody has maximum hand size, but it's each opponent. Yeah. They, they're the ones who take damage. Also has the Marari in the deck, too, which is nice. Huh. So, nice. cool. All right. Well, that's, uh, as far as blue cards go, man, That's that, that seems to be the blue card. Yeah, there's like a bad um, control magic, which is like, meh. It's the one where it's like, if you have a creature, they get to steal something you have, too, which is kind of, uh, no. Yeah, I, I think it's overly complicated, much better suited for multiplayer games. Yeah. Um, you know, where you kind of do the, uh, oh, what was that? There was a card that used to do that from, I think it was Mirage Block, or maybe, I'm trying to see, it had, like, pictures of, like, like little fuzzy-looking things on them that looked like, uh, Tales from Sonic, hmm. like little wolf creatures on it. It's a, it was like exchange creature, exchange control of creatures. I know it was juxtaposed. That was like one of those in Legends. That's kind of one of those kinds yeah. of cards. There's a fairly new one. I'll see if I can find it by the end of the cast. I don't know if I will or not, but where you basically get to choose a creature of theirs that's not targeted, and they get to choose a creature of yours, and you exchange control of Cultural them. exchange? Yeah, I bet you that's a card I'm thinking yeah. of. Yeah, it looks like uh, it has like a couple of weird things that kind of look like tails. I'll link it in the chat, and let me know if that's a card. Oh, it didn't, it didn't uh, oh, that's lame. It didn't, oh, well, post it in the show notes there. Go, do it. There you go. Yeah, there that's go. it. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Obviously block. Okay. That costs six mana. That's... Yeah, and you get to choose any number of creatures. Huh. So you can take their alligators, and they can take your raccoon bunnies, cats, 
I guess. Nice. So, all right, moving on up. Let's go to Black. Let's talk, since we just mentioned the Black Curse, let's talk about it. All right. Uh, Curse of Shallow Graves. Uh, Now, there's a cycle of curses uh, in these decks, um, much like the Innistrad curses that actually target a player. So this is Curse of Shallow Graves, which is a two and a black enchantment, uh, uncommon, by the way, uh, which is enchant player. Whenever a player attacks the enchanted player with one or more creatures, that attacking player may put a 2-2 black zombie creature token onto the battlefield tapped. So, this card would obviously be insane. I think the first time I read it, I was like, oh my god, for each guy you attack with, you get a 2-2? No. You just get one 2-2 every time you attack. And for me, with that in mind, you get... I think it would take a few turns to get the value you want out of it. Because if you, you know, if you figure you play it on three, then you attack and you get a 2-2. Two, two. A 2-2 two, two is worth, what, one black mana, right? About it, yeah. Um, so, and then the next turn, you attack again, and then you get a second one. So now we're up to two mana worth of value. We're up to black, black of value, as opposed to... Um, Two and a, a two and a black, so it's look you know pretty close, but I think it feel like, I feel like it really does take you to the third turn of attacking with something to get the value out of it, which to me seems a bit slow. However, the one thing it does do is that if you're a deck that's if you're the black aggressive deck that's running man lands, it lets you rebuild your army off of a mutavault or off of a. Uh, you know, a, a factory, a Mishra's factory, mm-hmm. or something like that afterwards, which I think there is some value in that. However, I don't, I don't know if that's quite enough for me. I think, think it's pretty good. Like, regarding the, the multiple, like, card effect, I think, like, for example, if you look at, like, a card like Cultivate in that way, like, you're getting essentially rampant growth and... Plus a free card in your Yeah, hand. like, Lay of the Land and... and or Lay of the Land and Rampant Growth, which you look at that, it's just like, it seems okay, or it seems like you're getting about the same mana, which seems kind of eh. Like, it just seems like... Well, well it's, but except for that, you're not spending your, you know, those two cards you're, are both one-for-ones, right? Yeah. Because you're spending a card to get a card. You're spending a card to get a card. Uh, Cultivate is you're spending a card, and you're basically getting two cards. But, I mean, isn't that kind of what you're doing, like, on the second turn that you're you have the zombie thing out? Like... If you get two cards, you're, you know what I mean? It's like, I wouldn't necessarily count that as, like, just a two-mana spell, because you're getting more out of it. Like, it seems like it might be worth more than that. It might be worth, like, three. Sure. sure. I mean, I, I, I can see that. I mean, that you're that you're getting multiples out of it. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but, I'm, you know, I'm still, and to be fair, I think the one thing that may help it a lot is that black threes are not very good. Yeah, they're uh, pretty pretty shallow. Oh wow! They're uh, wow, that's kind of one. Ha ha ha! Very nice, very nice. So I mean, I think this is you know. I think if you have ways to like utilize those creatures, like if you have like sacrifice effects, it, it stock definitely goes up. Like if you have carrying. Oh yeah, if you're if you're like the braids. you know the sacrifice creature deck. Oh yeah, braids. Oh my god, it's insane in the braids deck. So yeah, okay. That, that that convinces me a little bit more. Yeah. Like, I'm not sure if I would throw it into, like, a, it's, it's questionable if I'd throw it in, like, a generic, like, Rakdos acro deck or something. But I guess it depends. Like, 
I think it depends, like, you know, like, the man-land interaction is definitely pretty huge. Right, and also, I mean, it's it's nice, you know, when if you have anything that's, you know, when a creature comes into play, do this, you know, uh, any sort of sacrifice things, any sort of, you know, trigger things for when things come into play. Yeah, I can see there being quite a, quite a few uh, favorable interactions for this card. This is a little on the slow side, I think. Yeah. It's a little pokey, but other than that, I think it's, uh, eh, yes, it's all right. Next card, so, do you want to talk about the next card? Sure, I mean, you can bring it up so I can... The Ophiomancer. Talk about what I think about it. Ophiomancer, the yeah. two mana, two and a black, two, two, human shaman. At the beginning of each upkeep, if you control no snakes, put a one, one black snake creature with death touch onto the battlefield. Okay. You can start on this one. I don't know, I think I like it. Like, it's just a nice roadblock that is very difficult to kill. Like, if they try to get through it, they'll need to kill at least, assuming they don't have instant speed removal, and that's somewhat questionable for a three-mana spell. If they're just like, it fails to terminate tests. It's like, well, it's a three-mana creature. Yeah, like, I don't think you really care yeah. about that too much. But it provides, it's a decent roadblock. Like, they need to kill the snake and the 2-2 in order to get through it, which can be difficult, especially for just, like, mid-rangey decks or decks that don't have much in terms of evasion. And, like, if you do have sacrifice kinds of things, its stock definitely goes up as well. Because most of the time you should have a snake, unless you're, like, the only ones I can really think of that are, like, cube-worthy snakes are, like, Lotus Cobra and, like, uh, Sakura Tribal, or, um, which you should be sacrificing anyway. Oh, changelings, and oh, that sucks for you. That happens. <laughs> Activate my Mutavolt during my... Oh, wait. No. It's like, oh, oh, no. <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> What have I done? Uh. All right, so so two two for three, not great, but you know gutter snipe has proven its value for being a two two for three. Um, and at the beginning of each upkeep, so it's both your upkeep and your opponent's upkeep. Um, you know, if you control the snakes, you get yourself a, a one one. Except for that, if they don't do anything about it, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> that's all you get. You get sure you get your th- you know you get your three power for for three mana, right? But it doesn't seem like that that's where this card is. If it's just that, I don't want it. Like, if it's merely three power for three mana, that, you know, will sometimes recharge it's recharge one of its mana. Uh, it's not like Blade Splicer where you get four power for three mana. You get it in two different pieces. Uh, and you get, like, you know, possible shenanigans for, for copying things or we're doing other things. Uh, I think where this card would be helpful is if you're pushing the sacrifice token archetype thing, you know, whether it be through braids, whether it be through, you know, any of those kind of effects, much like the other card. Um, I do like Curse better than I like this one. Uh, but I don't know. I just, even though red, black threes are weak, I, I just not feeling this card as being super awesome unless you have a way to abuse it, unless you have a goblin bombardment where you can every, you know, where basically you have a every single turn, you know, your opponent's taking two damage per cycle or you have other ways to really start to abuse this, you know, where you can have multiple creatures and keep doing stuff, keep, you know, I don't know. I think I just like it as a, a roadblock. I, I don't know. I think it may just be better, like, viewed as kind of just a, a 
good defensive creature, kind of like a kind of like a wall of denial kind of thing, or just like a generic wall kind of thing, where it's like if they can't attack through it, then you know it, it buys you time. I think it's kind of like wall of denial's flavor text kind of thing. Sure, but I yeah, I think wall of denial obviously does way more than than this card does as far as that goes. You know, wall of denial is basically remove your best creature. It's also in a completely different color combination, but but this thing still, you know, just just dies to removal. Just you know, and it's not even it doesn't have to be good removal. I mean, it just mostly dies to everything. I don't think it's going to buy you that much time. Like, yeah, maybe it'll absorb a a lightning something or other, and it's in a something or other mm-hmm. uh, just to try to get it out of the way. And in that, there's value, but. I feel like the decks that would have trouble with this card have plenty of ways to deal with it. I guess, but it's like, like I said with the instant speed removal thing, like, they have to kill the snake and the Ophiomancer. Alright, well, all you have to do is kill the Ophiomancer, right? Like, and then if they just have a 1 1 snake, and then who cares? Well, if they're killing that, they probably okay. do care about the snake, otherwise, they wouldn't really bother killing the guy anyway. Right, but you don't want to have to deal with constant snake blockers every turn. Yeah. So you just kill the main guy, you, you know, take your take your, you know, damage or whatever for you know, take you lose your guy for one turn. And then you just you know, you don't sweat about it after that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, I think you uh so you have a, a slightly higher opinion of this card than I do, for sure. I'm just uh yeah, I don't know. Not a big snake fan. Not a big snake fan. <laughs> I'm into snakes. White snake was not my favorite bank robber. <laughs> Nor mine. <laughs> uh, you know, the Kingdom of the Snake was not a song too, or an snake. album. Well, that would be funny if yeah. it was. I, uh, however, I did like the uh, what's his name movies, the Escape Escape uh, from New York movies, featuring you know Snake Blitzkin ah, as the main. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. I'm very, I'm very, uh, I'm very meh about this yeah. card. So, oh man, I'd be more than happy to try it if other people have found it to be awesome. But I, I feel like this is, this isn't the black three that people that black needs. Yeah, I just wish there were more. It's like the opposite of Batman. <laughs> Maybe it's the three drop that they want, but not the three drop they need. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Not a uh, not a fan. Anyway, what's the next card? Uh, Toxic Deluge. Oh no, this is a card I like. Yeah, it's a pretty <laughs> sweet one, especially since a lot of this one is a sweet. lot of black rats are pretty bad. Uh, but this one seems to be good. Two to black sorcery as an additional cost. Cast Toxic Deluge. Pay X life. All creatures get minus X minus X till end of turn. Yeah, this card is neat. Because it allows you to, you know, one, it's a three-mana wrath, which to me is insane. Yeah. Um, but the other part, too, is, you know, you get to choose exactly how much you want to take. Like, I am, you know, if you think about it, even let's compare it to Damnation, right? So let's say you have Damnation and you have the choice of having Damnation and or this card, and you're facing, oh, I don't know, even... Let's say two aggressive creatures. Let's say two grizzly bears. So you have the option of casting this on turn three and paying two life, right? Mm-hmm. 
and those two grizzly bears go away at the cost of two life. Or you'd have to get attacked for four, wait a turn, and then cast your four drop. So you're even saving two life in that scenario. Yeah. Because you're paying two one turn versus having to take, you know, and two grizzly bears is a pretty low-end scenario for this card of, like, what you may be playing against. Is it, you know, while it's significantly worse against the bigger creatures, you know, um, if they, you know, cast random dragon type thing, you know, that you could, you know, they're like, dragon, go. You could be like, okay, damnation, her, her. But even then, most creatures, you know, it gives you an op- option to them that is equivalent most of the time to one attack from it. Because, mm-hmm. you know, most creatures, you know, in Magic in general, a lot of creatures are balanced front end to back end. Uh, very few of them, I think more of them are front heavy rather than back heavy, as opposed to the other way around. At least for cube. At least for cube, right. Um, you know, we're starting to see a lot more back heavy creatures as time goes on. Starting to see a lot of, you know, two fives and, you know, three sixes and, you know, whatever else. But in cube in general, the aggressive decks are, you know, they might have a bunch of two ones. Maybe this only costs you one life to wrap their board. Mm-hmm. You know, the thing, too, is maybe you have, you know, a random, I don't know, Omen Speaker or something like that in play. Some random 1-3 you played on turn 2 that can, you know, block their guys. Or, you know, whatever, and maybe it just doesn't kill your guy, you know. Maybe you played a uh, a wall of, you know, a wall of Omens or something like that. You get to kill their guys without killing your own. Like, this card sweet. Think- also deals with a true name nemesis. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> One of the things I really didn't like about Black Sun Zenith is it's just, like, such a nombo with your big creatures. Like, if you wanted, like, say you had Abyssal Persecutor, and there was a bunch of, like, two-twos, and you want Wrath, it's like, well, I guess I'll make, I'll attack first, and then I guess I'll make all your guys smaller, and then I'll make my Persecutor a 4-4. Four, four. That's kind of bad. And it was sure, always, right. it was right. the that, tension. That's certainly an advantage to that yeah, as well. Yeah, because it was usually just so awkward. It's like, well, I guess I have to uh, make my big guy small, which I don't really want to do. Like, if I, I'm feeling like, if Blackstone Zenith was like, I think I've made this mention either in a podcast or an article or something where it's like, if if it was like, X creatures or give your creatures minus X minus X, or give all creatures minus X, uh-huh. then I would love Blackstone Zenith, but the whole counter thing usually was just so counterproductive towards your own progress that I didn't really like it that much. And like, a lot of other kind of Black Rats just weren't really that good. There was Decree of Pain, which cost like a thousand mana. Even the cycle, um, you know, usually casting it was almost a pipe dream. Uh, what else was there? Like Overwing Forces, uh, I'm trying to think of anything else. But just a lot of the non-damnation wraths were just so bad. I was never really happy with those. And this is one I'm actually pretty happy with. Um, even yeah, like, yeah, I think this one's sweet. Like, it's kind of like an earthquake where you don't hit your opponent, but instead you can just pay two black to kill anything. Um, where you have to pay life instead, which I think is fine. Like, most of the time, even if you had to pay a bunch of life to kill Titans, I think that's still okay. If you're doing a three mana, that's still okay. Right. Yeah, I dig this card. I think this card's sweet. And uh, this card is in... Uh, let's see which one it's in. Uh, Deluge. Toxic Deluge is in... I think it's an Esper. The Esper yeah. deck. What else is in the Esper deck? And the Esper deck also comes with, let's see here. Curse of Shallow Graves. Um, right, it comes with Curse of Shallow Graves, um, Divinity of Pride, 
which unfortunately was just recently reprinted. It comes with Kong Ming, Sleeping Dragon. I wish that guy was like, had did something else than just be a tutu, because then I would just love that creature. I wish it was just all creatures get it, so he would actually just be a 3-3. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, or all creatures you control. However, he does go in the advisor deck. That's true, yeah. So, uh, let's see what else is in the deck. The Mirror Battle Ball is in the deck. Not that that's an expensive card. Sarah Avatar is in that deck. Is that still worth anything? So there's some value there. Uh, Shroom the Hegemon and Sphinx of the Steel Winds ah, nice. are both in that deck. Um, let's see, what else? You have that Sidri Galvanic Genius card. Oh. Yep. Which does things. Yeah. Unfortunately, it does not have... It has Tide Hollows tricks, not <laughs> Baleful yeah. tricks. Um, it's got Wall of Reverence, which is just okay. It's got Death Grasp. Um, oh, yeah. Let's see what else. Um, yep, it has an Evan Rolls disc, which is, you know, relevant. Um, but, yeah, a lot of the cards are just okay. I feel like this deck really wanted the, the Wrath of God, but... Yeah. Meh. So this is another one that, um... There's a bad reanimate spell that tempts with immortality card. It costs five, five mana. Right. Yeah, five mana is an awful lot. And your lot. opponent can do it, too. <laughs> it just keeps right. getting worse. Right, yay, symmetrical, yay. So, yep, just okay. Now, uh... Active Authority is the other one that's in there. It's kind of, but it only exiles artifacts or enchantments. Yeah. And then your opponent could get it back. And then if you get it right, if you get a second one, <laughs> then your opponent gets it next. Yeah, which I guess could be a thing, so. but it's still just three mana, which is... Right, it only lose artifacts and enchantments. Yeah, so. meh. Don't care. All right, moving on. Toxic Deluge. Uh, there's up. a bad seven mana, eight, six. I don't even know I put this on here. This card sucks. Fell Shepherd. This card is terrible. Yeah. Moving that on. Card's awful. Let's go to red. Uh, so Witch Hunt, the uh, kind of sulfuric vortex, which causes five mana. So four in a red enchantment. Players can't gain life. At the beginning of your of, of your upkeep, Witch Hunt deals four damage to you. And then at the beginning for end step, target opponent target opponent chosen at random gains control of Witch Hunt. So your opponent gets control of it. Right. Which we can take out the complete random factor. Yeah. Although I, uh, there, there's a part of me that wants to uh, try to say, okay, so if it's odd, you <laughs> get it. If it's even, you get there it. There you go. Let's roll this die. <laughs> See what happens. Oh, you got it. So. Nice. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I think it's not bad. I just don't know if, like, it's really awkward because it's, like, most at home in the aggressive decks. And how many uh, how many uh, fives do you really want in your aggressive deck? Like one, right? <laughs> and it's just like, well, would I rather have like this or like even a storm breath dragon? Like, I guess that's the thing. Like, it's definitely not replacing thunder maw because that card's ridiculous. Like, say, sure. like, would you rather have this or zealous conscripts slash storm breath dragon? Yeah, zealous conscripts. Yeah. Like, not close. Storm breath dragon. Uh, I mean, probably still Storm Breath. Like, too, yeah. I mean, Storm Breath is a little bit, I mean, this this is a little, 
more, you know, for lack of a better term, splashable, because you only have one red in the mana cost, yeah. right? But, and the players can't gain any significant thing. Like, I just feel like this is, like, uh, sulfuric vortex's stupid older brother. <laughs> yeah, just the five mana thing is so awkward. Like, efficiency-wise, it's very good at closing out a game, which I'm pretty happy like, I like that sure. part, but it's, I think it just comes down to deck construction. It's kind of like one of those things I found with, like, like non-creature spells in aggressive decks. Like, in theory, there's some that are very good, but they just have a very hard time of making the final 40s of aggressive decks because they just get crowded out because there's only room for so many. And it's kind of similar with this guy with a witch hunt. Is it just, like, objectively, it's still a very... It's, the effect is pretty powerful, just because it can close out a game very, very quickly. It's just like... Sure, I, mean, just, sure. I mean, four damage a turn is a lot. Yeah. It's just a question of how often, like, how often is it making your main deck versus your sideboards kind of thing. And the thing is, is you certainly have to be ahead on life. Like, you cannot cast this when you're behind. Yeah. I mean, because it will just kill you quickly. <laughs> I mean, it's no joke how fast this thing will kill you. And, and in that sense, I certainly want to look at it. If you're a, if you, I think if you're a big supporter of just like the straight up burn decks, like I'll burn all the time. This card is certainly something you want to look at because this card does put a hurting on in short order. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, so it's interesting. I, I completely get your point, but man, this this thing does an awful lot of damage yeah. quickly. I just don't know if that's quick enough. Yeah, and it's like one of those cards I think I I got, and I'm not sure. It's one of those cards I think that's going to be in my on deck binder for a while. I'm just not sure if it's going to end up making it in the decks themselves. I've, I've kind of shied away from Wildfire recently because it just. I think we talked about it when uh, Justin was on. Like it just didn't really do much. Like it's a. Uh, wasn't really contributing much, so it kind of just, like, started shifting in other directions for red. And I'm wondering, like, if this is something I'd want to do. Probably not, though, but it's certainly an option. Like, it's definitely a non-embarrassing five red. Eight damage over two turns, though, is certainly a lot. Um, And this is certainly, like I said, I don't think I want it over Zealous Conscripts. I don't think I want it over the Hasty Dragons, which can certainly do the same amount of damage right away. But I do think that this has will probably deal eight damage more than some of the dragons yeah. will, just because being an artif- being an enchantment and being a harder to remove call, uh, card type, I think is is worth something. Yeah, certainly. So I don't know. I I I, I certainly find it interesting, and I certainly think. Uh, it might be very, very, very good. Yeah. The potential is definitely there. Similarly with so. another card, uh, Tempt with Vengeance, uh, X and a red for a sorcery. Uh, so it has the Tempting Offer ability, and a lot of these other cards with this mechanic have been pretty bad. Even, like, the blue one kind of just sucks. Like, uh, just not very good. So this one, put X, 1-1, one, one, red, Elemental t- creature tokens with haste onto the battlefield. Each opponent may put X one one red elemental creature tokens with haste onto the battlefield. For each player who does, you get X blah 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 onto the battlefield. So essentially, if you do it for four, 
your opponent can match it, and if they do, you get four more. So that drawback right. almost never, I found, almost never matters, really. What do you think of this thing? All right, so in, if you're a token supporter, especially if you're supporting, like, the red token strategy that's, that's starting to get pushed with cards like Porphyros, um, I think this card almost has to be an automatic include um, if you're pushing those type of token decks. Um because you're getting, I mean, basically it's it's fireball, right? Fireball of attackers. Um, even if your opponent chooses to have some, you just get more over top of it, so you still are dealing that much damage. You know, on an empty board, if you have no creatures, they have no creatures. Uh, you want four, they get four. You can still attack, and you still do four. Um, I like that the tokens don't go away. Yeah, if they went away, it will. Um. And so I certainly think that's interesting. Uh, and, and like I said, with the token strategies, you know, I, I mean, I, I envision myself casting, you know, even casting Porphyros into this. Yeah. Oh, jeez. You know, casting Porphyros, casting this on turn five for four tokens. I mean, that's 12 damage right there. God forbid they don't realize and they're like, well, I need blockers. You're like, well, you're dead. <laughs> Take... <laughs> Take 16 instead, sucker. Um, anything you have that's pumping creatures, you know. Little pants. Right, any sort of pants, any sort of mass pump effects. You know, if you're a token, if you're a token supporting cube, you most likely have glorious anthems and things like that as well. Um, in combination with something like Hero of Oxen Ridge or Hellrider. Yeah, Hellrider, that, that is pretty absurd. It's like, yep. Yes, they are taken with Hero of Oxy Ridge. They can't even block with their tokens if they even made them. <laughs> nice, which is comical. Yeah. Uh, yeah, ways to not realize what you're doing. Oh yeah, I'll get some tokens. Oops. Oh, I'm not. Uh, I... So yeah, I, I think I certainly think this card is interesting. Um, I don't know how good it is on like you know. It's certainly not something you want to cast on turn two. I don't think you want to cast it on turn three. Turn four is maybe the beginning of where you want to cast yeah. it. But Red has so many other good fours, I guess, if you don't have one of them at the time. Uh, however, after that, after you can kind of get these setup cards into place, I certainly think it's a, a nice reach card after that. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I, I think it, if you're supporting tokens, it's a definite. If not, I think maybe it's just something you're going to have to try out um, and see how good it is. Uh, once again, how many how many slots do you have to play these types of cards? You know, these these X cards, these non. I guess even though this is technically a creature card, um, would you play? It's kind of always going to be under curve of where, without help, it's always going to kind of be under curve of where you want to be attacking for how much. For would that. you play this in like a generic red mid rangey kind of deck, like Naya or Jund or Grixis or something? You certainly could. I mean, I think you could play this as a... I almost think you could play this as a defensive card. That's what I was thinking. Just as, like, I need blocks. Uh, four blocks. Yeah, I'm just going to make some blockers. So, uh, can't cast it against people with Porphyros. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there are times when the drawback matter will happen, but honestly, I haven't really found that happen very much, really. But, yeah, I think this I think this card's certainly... I think it's uh, certainly testable. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, 
I'm not the type to proxy cards and test them. Uh, what have you found with it so far? Because I know you are that type. I was type. about to say, because I'm that type. I, I've been pretty happy with it. Like, even a lot of times it's just, like, just cast it and then just attack with a bunch of just dudes. Like, there are time, I've, I've seen occasional interactions with it in, like, Hellrider and Hero, which is definitely also awesome as well. Sure. sure. I, I'm a fan. Like, it's pretty sweet. But, like, but yeah, the drawback is almost flavor text, whereas on the other cards, the drawback is just what kills a card. Like, on that bad uh, Control Magic card, like, that's just awful. And then just, like, the bad, there's, like, a clone, a reanimate card. A lot of the cards just, like, the drawback kills it with that tempting offer, and here it's almost flavor text. So, yeah, pretty sweet. And that's in the Jun deck. Yeah, yeah. That's... Is there much else in that Jun deck? Uh, so as I'm looking at the Jun deck, let's see. Um, oh. Is a card called Endless Cockroaches. Oh, yeah. Ew. card's not very good either. But, ew. It's actually, it's, oh, a Goblin Sharpshooter is in that yeah, deck. Sharp. The New York Goblin Sharpshooter. Inferno Titan. In um, case, uh... Isn't that worth like a couple bucks now? So how good is how, so how good is can we combo someone can we uh we can combo kill somebody with a Lauren a Lauren endless cockroaches goblin bombardment? Wow! Right. Wow! Uh, is endless? Oh, but you have to keep you have to just keep recasting. Return it to its owner's yeah, hand. Yeah, yeah, you have to keep recasting it. That sucks. Yeah, but if you have a Lauren, you get to cast it for free. For free. Oh, that's true. Wee. All right, let's see. Uh, Wato, Honored Physician. Yeah. Uh, put target creature card from your graveyard at the top of your library. Not, not so I wish great. it was... I think I would like it more if it wasn't just the during-your-turn thing. It has the Ophiomancer in it. Yeah. Uh, it has Shattergang Brothers. Yep. Let's see what Stronghold else. Stronghold Assassin, uh, which kind of goes along with the sacrifice thing, but I, I, I don't know. I'm just not really big on that guy, honestly. It also has a Curse of Shallow Graves. Yep. It's got that one in there. Um, Goblin Bombardment, of course. Yeah. Let's see. Anything else that would be worth your time? Plague Boiler used to be a card. Yeah, wasn't that really hyped, and then it just died? Oh, yeah. Or it'd be like, it's the new, yep, yep, it's yep. The new Pernicious Deed. Oh, my God. And then it just didn't do anything. Sun Demise. I guess uh, we can talk about that card. I don't know. I, I didn't really like it, honestly. It has spoils of victory in it. Yeah, yeah. Which is, you know, the uh, what is it? Uh, there was one like that in uh, shards block, and right? It's untamed wilds, which could get like any basic, and this gets lets you get duels as well. This is uncommon, right? So this is a, it's a, it's a three mana ramp spell that lets you basically get any, any land that has a type. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I thought untamed. And put it onto the battlefield. And it comes in untapped. Untamed so. Wilds was was uncommon too. Wow, that's that's awkward. I thought that was a common this whole time. I mean, that card still sucks. Yeah, sudden demise is just the yeah. It just seems like oh, two yeah. best case scenario. Like you just if you're not getting the two for the two for one, it's so slow. And it's sorcery too. It's like it just and you also can't kill artifact creatures, which is which is certainly a thing. It's not big. But it's like sure. But it's just so slow. Like, what, we need four mana. Like, a lot of X spells can look bad. Like, if you look at it each mode, like, um, if I, I need four mana to kill three three, I need three mana to kill two two. But it's just, yeah. But sometimes you just 
need to kill something. Yeah. And then sometimes you're just like, well, I have a bunch of this mana. Oh, how about you take seven? Yeah. It's, oh, okay. it's well, just so, like, in a lot of decks, honestly, I feel like, how often would you want this versus Devil's Play? I'd right. much rather have Devil's Play, almost, especially if, like, I was in, like, a burn, like, a burny kind of, you know, mid-rangey deck or something. I think I'd much rather have Devil's Play than this. Yeah. Just, yeah. I mean, to be fair, Devil's Play is just a sweet card. It is. It's pretty pretty awesome. But yeah, it's just, this card is just so slow. It does have a nice uh, Zendikar throwback, though. You see a little, uh, whatever that's called? Oh, Pylon or whatever it's called. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those, uh, yeah, they were talking I forget what they're actually called. Hedrons? Yeah, yeah. they actually were specific. The Hedrons. Yeah. yeah, like Hedron Crabs. Yeah, I was like, huh. I, mean, I thought that was kind of cool, but yeah, the card itself is kind of it. It does have the Green Curse, which we'll, which we'll get to. In a little bit, but yeah, just a lot. This there's not really there's not much here really. Nope. Is there a Steve in this one even? There's Steve. That's sad. Oh, oh, there is. Yeah, yeah, there is. This is Gertrude Holder. Hooray! But yeah, this. Yeah, not really. I'm really feeling this one. Yep. No. Nope. However, we will talk about. Funny you should say that. Curse of Predation. Hey, there we go. <laughs> is the next card? Oh, next card. Curse of Predation. Uh. Two and a green enchantment, curse. Enchant player, when whenever a creature attacks enchanted player, put a plus one, plus one counter on it. And it's not like the black curse where it's only one creature, or you only get one buff. This just does it for all your creatures. Right. I think I like this thing. Like, I've been, uh, it's pretty nice. Yeah, I, I kind of dig this too. Um, I like that it's only one green, because uh, especially for me as I've moved out of, Green uh, being just that I try and really push the green aggressive decks, that the green is still has aggressive elements, but uh, the aggressive elements work best with other colors. So it's kind of nice that it only has one green in the cost, so you can cast it. Um, and you get your value right away. I mean, if you're attacking, if you if you go one drop, two drop, or whatever that might be into this, I mean, immediately you're, you're getting an extra two to three damage. Um, the effects are, you know, forever. Kind of like herpes. <laughs> Guys are bigger forever. Um, and then on top of that, uh, I mean, you're getting it for every single guy, which is nice, which combos nicely with the other card, too, that we just talked about. Uh, token strategies, it works really well with. Uh, Tempt with Vengeance. <laughs> I mean, the list go. you know, there, there's quite a few cards that this interacts favorably with, so I think I'm a buyer on this one for sure. Yeah, it's pretty pretty sweet. Also, it kind of reminds me of a Johnny Goldmane, which essentially has one ability, let's be honest. The plus, sure. plus one ability. Sure. And this is just easier to cast. And, yeah, I'm, I'm a pretty big fan of it, especially since you're in green. You can probably get on turn two a, a lot of the time anyway. Right. Although, you know, I'm not I'm not sure how great it is on turn two, since you then, then you definitely won't be getting any value of it. But if you're planning on doing more stuff later with it, then, then it's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, especially, and especially if you have tokens, you know, some kind of token things, then it's pretty sweet. Also, just like with Persist guys like Finks or Primus, which I actually saw happen, I think on this Tuesday or Tuesday before, like, player had the Green Curse and a Primus. It's like, well, I can't kill that thing, ever. Oh, huh. and You can't jump block it because it has Trample, so. Right, right, right. Very awkward situation. But, uh, yeah, I'm a fan. Like, it's it's pretty good. Yeah, I dig it. Yep. Uh, there's a couple other cards that are kind of eh, like, that are more just kind of 
created for their respective formats. Like Restore was mostly created for Legacy. Uh, one and a green sorcery, sure. uncommon. Oh, and that Curse of Creation seems ridiculous in uncom like in Peasant Cube. Like, oh god. Which uh, one? In uh, common uncommon cubes. Oh yeah, yeah. There's yeah. no uh, Johnny. There aren't many pump types of things, so you can just go over the top very easily. Um, but restore, put target land card from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. This seems way too, like the density just isn't there, honestly. Right, there's not going to be, uh, unlike, for example, uh, modern, where there's just always going to be a fetch land in somebody's graveyard. Yeah, same with like Legacy, where everybody's playing all the fetches all the time. Right, or wastelands, or, you know, anything of that nature. Um, this is certainly risky. And, you know, this card works best on turn two, so you want to be able to, you know, make sure that somebody's got something. Speaking of which, have you seen the new uh, Wasteland art from that Legacy Chance? I did. What do you think of that I art? Did. I don't know. I still like the original one better. But it's yeah, sweet. sweet. But, yeah, here, this is a... It's much better than the Wasteland art that was originally commissioned as a swamp or whatever it was. Oh, the Judd promo one? Yeah. 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 Oh. I certainly like it better than that I was one. like, is this East St. Louis or something? Ha! East St. Louis, not art. So shout out to East St. Louis listeners. Yeah. Your place is a Your place is a wasteland. You live in a wasteland. So destroying non-basics. <laughs> Enjoy your non-basics, idiots, for living in East St. Louis. <laughs> oh. Okay. Hey, you said it, not me. Hey. I'm just interpreting. Oh, okay. That's fair. <laughs> but yeah, not really a big fan of, of Restore. Just the density isn't there. And just seems like... Sure. I don't know. Wouldn't you rather just have rampant growth? Yeah, I was going to say, can I just have rampant you growth? Always or like you go rampant there? growth or far seek? And I don't even like rampant growth or far seek that much either. I don't know. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm playing them now because they're, you know, so I'm pushing ramps, so they're more important to have. You just want as high a density of those kind of cards as possible, but still. Yeah, just, yeah. yeah. I think it's a myth. I, I don't like situ Like, for a card like that, I don't want it to be situational. Yeah. I want it. I want to be able to have it, you know, regardless. Yeah, especially since, like, on turn seven, you're like, turn seven, uh, oh. Like, there's some lands, I guess, they are pretty, like, fetch lands. Like, honestly. Yeah, I mean, it would be sweet on turn seven, to be honest, because, like, you might be able to get a man land or something. Yeah. Like, honestly, in terms of that, just, like, yeah, just, eh, no. No. Not, not feeling this one. Uh, Bane of Progress, which seems more tailored for Commander, uh, four and double green for a two-two. When Bane of Progress enters the battlefield, destroy all artifacts and enchantments. Put a plus one, plus one counter on Bane of Progress for each permanent destroyed this way. No. Come on. Yeah, I mean, this is this feels like a sideboard card, right? Yeah. I mean, definitely tailored for uh, EDH, because people always have that kind of stuff in play. But as far as cube goes, like, I'm just not feeling this as something you ever want to run in the dark. Yeah. And there's certainly, I, I would just rather have. Stop Heller. Right. Yeah, would much rather. Yeah, it's just, there'll be definitely targets for it. It's just the times when the two plus really matters won't happen much. Kind of like, Man, the thing costs six mana or yeah, whatever. Yeah, that's awful. Like, it's a little high. Yeah, come on, give me, give me a Titan. So, give me a Titan or Worm Coils. Like, yeah, I'm spending six mana, I want something. Even like Rampaging Bailouts. Worth my time. Even like it. Rampaging Bailouts, I would much rather have than this. Yeah, just gonna. Yeah, I mean, rampaging battles can do some freaking work, man. Yeah, this thing, it, it can be revelarkable or tutorable with, or uh, with imperial recruiter, but no, 
still not still not feeling this. I'm actually a little surprised Imperial Recruiter wasn't printed in one of these. In like one of the Well, yeah, well, I, well, because he just made it as a judge promo, so I don't think they're going to give it away as, oh, uh, in one of these. That's true, yeah. That's kind of my thinking about that whole thing, is that they don't, they don't want to give a, a big old F you to the judges. Hey, thanks for these these cards that, you know, are basically in lieu of pay. Oh, by the way, we just made one of them worthless. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, we did, you know, the other things we still haven't seen, you know, this is now the second time we've seen some P3K cards reprinted. And yet we still haven't seen, we know we're not going to see Zodiac Dragon. I mean, let's not get our hopes up. But we still haven't even seen, like, uh, granted, we're not going to see it in here. We're not going to see Ravages of War in no. <laughs> Commander decks. Uh, but, you know, there's there's not that, and there's no, uh, what's the time warp called from? Oh, Capture of Zingzhou or something? Capture of Zingzhou, right. Jingzu. Oh, we haven't seen Burning either yeah. of Jingyi. So, you know, a lot of these a lot of these cards that we uh, cube folk will be like, man, it sure would be nice to have these. We're uh, we're not seeing them this time either. So, bump, bump. I don't know if we have will at this point. Yeah. Well, capture All right, is so let's capture. move on here. Let's look at the uh, price for capture. It's uh, so the median price is only two hundred forty-two dollars. Oh, that's yeah, all. It's pretty cheap. And I'm sure that's why they're not reprinting yeah. them because the people who actually have those cards are just gonna, you know. Rage against the dying of the light if they uh, if they reprint it and bottom out their cards. Yeah. But then again, why are you investing in Portal Three Kingdoms cards? Yeah, exactly. Just nah. You know, stupid reserve list, etc. But <laughs> are P three K cards on the reserve list? I just thought they weren't. No, no, because they're because no, they're, they're printing them. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, like uh, overwhelming forces and all that stuff. Fair enough. Right. Well, and, the, you know, the first two that they did that appeared in, was it the Plane Chase decks? Weren't there a couple that were in those? Um, there was something There was something recent where they reprinted. Oh, it was the uh, uh, From the Vault Legends. Oh, the uh and There were a couple of them in there. Right. There were a couple of, uh, what's his name, in there, Portal Free Kingdoms cards. Everyone's like, whoa, Portal Free Kingdoms oh, yes. cards. Here's the thing. Fine. The, the two that they reprinted, were already put into, like, uh, pre-constructed decks for Portal 3 Kingdoms, which were widely available and yeah. not expensive. Sun Quan wasn't one of them? The guy who gives all your guys horsemanship? Yep. I remember wanting to... Yeah, I remember wanting... Already available, so, like, actually did stuff or nothing. Yeah. So. Wizards thought they could fool us. Can't fool us. We own the internet. <laughs> That's true. We own the internet. <laughs> we looked it up. I have the internet at my fingertips. You cannot fool me into thinking that you printed something special for me. <laughs> I like it. So. Can we talk about the multicolor cards? They aren't uh, very good. But no, they're really not. Uh, there's, I guess, Shatter Gang Brothers. Um, I, I only put it in there because... Uh, Anthony, did you ever play the game Shatterhand for the regular Nintendo? Oh, I don't know if I did. There's, uh, like, did you play much regular Nintendo back in the day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a pretty sweet platformer. Like, it was, uh, it was, it was pretty underrated, but very good. Yeah, that's about, that's, a, that's yeah, why I brought up that card, yeah. so I want to bring up Shatterhand. <laughs> that game was, that game was sweet. You had, like, the game, the music was also absurdly good. Like, back, that, uh, you know, it was one of those soundtracks I'll definitely listen to. But yeah, just a lot of these cards, like, the only one that I really think is cube worthy is, is Gahaji, 
honored one, which is still kind of bad. It's kinda, well, not bad, but it's just kind of crowded out. I guess there's a couple of Naya ones. Two green, two, two plus Naya for a 4-4. Four, four. Whenever a creature attacks one of your opponents or a planeswalker and opponent controls, that creature gets plus two plus zero to land a turn. Nah. Nah. So whenever a creature attacks one of your opponents or a planeswalker, oh, okay. So it's basically a, uh. Kind of an anthem. Is it Orcish Oriflame? Is that the one where attacking creatures get a bonus? Yeah, so essentially, uh, double Oriflame. I feel like if it was just white, mono white, I would probably play it. Or if it was mono red, I would definitely play it. I guess if it was a mono, maybe not green. Probably green. But the triple thing is just, like, pretty awkward. But, like, the power right. is definitely there. It's just, I don't know if I have room for this. Kind of sure. Sure. Bird Legend, eh. Or you can put into play from Command Zone's flavor text. Marath, Will of the Wild, 3-mana, three 3-3. Three, three. And you can, like, Arc Lightning or something. Where is this? Enter the battlefield with the number of plus one, plus one counters equal to the amount of mana spent to cast it. So three. X, remove X plus one, plus one counters. Put X plus one, plus one counters on target creature, or it deals X a target creature or player, or put an XX elemental creature token onto the battlefield. X can't be zero. So, not right. bad. Now, if, if Aloro, the, uh, the Esper general, didn't have specific command zone text. What's that one? I forget. Is that one? So Aloro is three plus Esper. So six mana, four or five. At the beginning of your upkeep, you gain two. Whenever you gain life, you may pay one. If you do, draw a card and each opponent loses a life. At the beginning of your upkeep, if Aloro uh, is in the command zone, you gain two life. Then they have just put that in command zone or the graveyard. So, well, it's it's not you don't get it if it's in your graveyard. Well, that's what I mean. I mean, couldn't they just have that last part saying saying if it's in right. your like, if it's in the command zone or your graveyard, you gain two life? No, because if you have it in your graveyard, dude, it's the EDH card. It's not about it's not about the graveyard, dude. It's about the command zone. Should be, man. I want to choose that guy. But I feel like I mean, but this guy basically says, I mean, every turn if you want in your early turns, you could just pay one and draw a card. Yeah. Because it says if it's in your command zone. You gain two life, right? And isn't that where it starts the game? Oh, wow. Yeah. So in your first turn, you start at 22. So you're automatically at 22 or 32 or whatever the heck you are in EDH. I don't remember. But then literally every turn, you're like, land, go. All my upkeep, if I don't have a two drop, draw two, you lose one, draw a card. Can you only trigger – can you only do it – because it's one trigger, right? It says whenever you gain life – you may pay one. If you do, draw a card and each opponent loses one life. Yeah, but isn't that just one trigger, though? Like, you can only do it once. Right? right, so during your upkeep, you get to draw a card, and then you get to draw a card during your... During oh, your I thought you were saying trigger twice. I'm like, wait a minute. No, no, no. no you just, but you get to draw, like, uh, if you don't have anything to do that turn, you just get to, like, draw, like, you get to double draw until you find something. Yeah, that seems fair. Does it... But once again, it doesn't matter because, you know, it's not, it doesn't help us because it needs to be in the command zone. Does it do take have all the refuges or just one? Just um, one. I see one. That seems, that seems a little odd. Yeah, it's got a bunch of other, you know, game life things. Uh, real quickly, since we didn't talk about it, so we just mentioned it briefly because I think we're about out of cards to talk yeah. about. Uh, let's look at the Naya deck list and take a look at what's uh, anything that's worth it in that one. Uh. Now, it does have the Wrath of God, yeah. which is the sweet tenth. Oh, man. You know, 
on hindsight or the white whatever. curse so good. The white yeah. curse is so good. Whenever a creature attacks a player, its controller gains a life. Come on, that's what? Yeah, it's the, the, instead of putting a plus one plus one counter or getting a zombie, you gain a life. Oh boy. So it does have curse of predation. Yep. Uh, it has curse of chaos. By the way, we've mentioned all except for the red yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, the red one is whenever a player attacks a enchanted player. That attacking player may discard a card. If show, they drop yeah, it. Yeah, so you have to discard first. So, kinda, it yeah. It's the you know the red looting ability basically. Uh, let's see. It has an archangel. It has an avenger of Zendikar. By the way, the archangel art is so weird. Yeah. It's got the old Quentin Hoover artwork, which is unbelievable. Yeah, that art was really good. Uh, so I, I, that's just a great card to have. It's got avenger of Zendikar, which is very good. Um, it has Eternal Dragon. New, uh, and uh, the Eternal Dragon has the Pro Tour artwork on a non-foil card. Yeah, which is pretty nice. Which is neat. I really like that, the, uh, the artwork on that one. Um, let's see. Crows and Warch, which is, uh, a non-blank Mael of the Anima. It does have the aforementioned Rampaging Bailoth. Yep. As well as Ravenous Bailoth. Spike Bellows. With the, once again, with the, uh, Judge artwork. But without the judge foiling. Spitebell is another card I really wanted to be good for cube when I first built my cube, yeah. and it just cost so much mana. mana. It was it's also playing one of the constructed formats for a little bit of just being like a creature way to deal to kill something large. I don't remember what it was, but it's also playing for a while. It's got a Fires of Yavimaya. Yeah. It's got a uh, Boros Charm. What else here? Fiery Justice with sweet new artwork. Yeah. From the Ashes, oh yeah, Worst Ruination, sweet. That's just what I wanted. Right, I'll let's see Mystic Barrier. Uh, choose left or right. Each player may only attack the opponent seated nearest him or her. So basically when you do, it's the, remember the, uh, when you play multiplayer, you just play like attack left or whatever? Yeah. That's what this card does. It turns it, it turns multiplayer games into attack left or attack right games. Like Star or something, or Pentagram or whatever it was called? Right, right, right. Star, right, Star Games. You can only attack. I used to do that too. With uh, it has the restore in it. By yeah. the way, uh, the spawning grounds, uh, which is an eight mana uh, squirrel nest variant. Yes, but it puts but it puts five five. Yeah, it puts giant beast in the play. <laughs> uh, tempt with discovery. Oh, that one's terrible. I'll, I'll let you read that one. All right, search your library for a land card. Each opponent may do it. For each opponent who does it, you get to do it again. So is it isn't... <laughs> Four mana. Like, at least it comes into play on tap, right? Four mana. Sure. Oh so three mana. Still yeah, it's mana. still awful. Yeah, not, not so great. But then it has the Wrath, too. Yeah, so that one's not so hot no. either. But All right. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's Ready? any other cards. I'm just going to look through the list real quick. Because there's not much. Like, Pound for Pound, this set was very pretty sweet for Cube. Like, out of 51. Yeah, yeah. Considering what there is, there's actually a, a number of nice new cards. And to be honest, these reprints, the reprints are all very yeah. good. Control Magic. Uh, obviously, they stuck all the great ones inside the, uh, what's his name deck? Most of the great ones inside the Mind Seize deck. But there's certainly some value to be had in the other decks as well. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of these are just like, I'm looking at a lot of the other cards. There's, um, yeah, the Control Magic art. Like, I have a Collector's Edition one. In my cube, and uh-huh. I love that one. If I wasn't attached to that one, I would love to get the the 
the control magic from this one, just because the art is really good. Uh, sure. Same with the Signet arts. I, I definitely like those a lot more than the kind of Ho-Hum originals. Uh, I think, like, in the Moto Cube, that's the art they use, and the art on this one is just, on these are a lot better, especially awesome. Simic Signet. That art is amazing. Which uh, which one is it? Uh, it's in the Bant deck. All right, let me take a look. Yeah, oh, the art cool. on the Simic one is beautiful. The, so the Celestia one's cool. okay. Um, it's better than the original. Both were kind of eh. Yeah, Celestia one's pretty cool too. Well, you know they look they look more like the rune stones or the keystones or whatever yeah, they were called. Yeah, the uh, stones. That's yeah. It. Yeah, like the Simic one is just wow. That one when I saw that for the first time, I was like, "Geez, that's beautiful." Hey, look, it's Tamio's second ability in card form, borrowing a hundred thousand arrows. Ah, draw a card for each tapped creature target opponent controls. You can do well. You can't do it for yourself though, like the uh, Tamio. Right. That's, uh, <laughs> wow, really good. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think of a lot of these reprints. What, what is? There's a lot of just kind of junk cards that don't really. Like Diviner Spirit, oh boy, a lot of EDH cards. But even like, how many cube worthy cards did we get? Like six or seven or something, or at least to consider. That's a lot. Yeah, for there's, I mean, what I'm showing here is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine that could see play in cubes of some form. Yeah, because I think there's a couple here that are that are nice for like. Uh, Uncommon cubes yeah. as like well. Like absent, unexpectedly absent training nemesis are just like super staple, you know, ridiculous. Right. I think Toxic Deluge is also very, very good. I think that should be yeah. like, if those two are tier one, I think Deluge is like tier 1.5. Yeah. Um, and then there's a bunch of testables, right? So like the curses are testables. I think Test of Vengeance, Test, uh, Tempted Vengeance is testable. Um, curse of predation. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, the curses. Uh, maybe Ophelia Lancer. I won't be testing that one. Maybe Witch Hunt. But yeah, I think we did. For how small, how many, how few new cards we get in this set, I think we do pretty well. Uh, unfortunately, all the commanders are going to be no goes because they all have what equivalently is flavor text, I think. Yeah. Right? I guess Jaleva or Jaleva doesn't have. Command zone stuff written on it. Yeah, I think the other ones all do. Yeah, but yeah, I'm trying to think of. But I'm not casting Prosh. And we're back. Oh, there we go. Sorry, I, I uh, I'm using my phone here, and I got a phone call so from the old wife. Ah, so. okay, gotcha. Yeah, and, and the, the software. I'm trying a new software out because the old MP3 Skype recorder doesn't support Skype anymore. Oh, because they so changed trying, something with the software? Yeah, they changed, like, some API or something, so... Gotcha. I tried, you know, like, last... I decided to, you know, had to go through a new software, and it started a new one when I'm paused. I'm like, this is weird. But, you know, I'll just patch it up when I'm paused. Sure. By the way, uh, Prosh might be pretty good with, uh... What's his name? Is Prosh uh, the, the kobold? Yeah, might be pretty good with, uh, Perforos. Oh, jeez. Hello. That's pretty good. Yeah. Granted, it certainly does have interactions. It has commander interactions because it says, you know, you get X kobold where X is the number of mana you spent. So for our purposes, it's just always six. But in commander, it might be eight, might be ten, so forth and so on. Yeah. I guess that might not be a bad So they, they all, I guess in that sense, they all do have some flavor text because a lot of them say where X is. You know, Yaleva says, 
each player exiles the top X cards of his library, where X is the amount of mana spent to caster. Yeah, or you could like so if, that's you, before. if you really want to, like you could like house rule it or something, and just like when it dies, you can do a command disown kind of thing. Like if that's right. what you really want to do, I. But I'm not really a big fan of that. I'm wondering like how this, either. like this guy seems at least somewhat comparable to Broodmate, but I'd much rather have Broodmate most of the time. Sure. Yeah. Same. I'd like. I'd rather have a four. Unless, four unless you have Perforos, and then you're just like take twelve. Yeah. Everything comes back to Porphyros. Does take 14? Because you get six guys. Oh, yeah, you get crush. seven. You get the dragon, too, Durr. You get the five five. Take 14. I hope you're not. Have you taken six damage yet by turn six against the Jundak? No, oh, you haven't? <laughs> uh, uh, profane command you. Profane now you're dead. Now you're dead. So. Yeah. All right. Been, well, cool, man. Yeah, the... Yeah, I guess it's kind of a quick one for us. It's only well, yeah, short, short little set. So not too much to do. We, uh, you know, we got enough tangents in to make sure it took this more than an hour to record. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we're good. Yeah. Uh, cool. You uh, want to uh, do some plugging? Yeah, sure. Oh, and uh, baleful. God, baleful force. That card's so bad. Five, eight mana for a seven seven at the beginning of each upkeep. You draw a card and lose a life. That, no. Yeah. Woohoo. Uh, I'd rather have Shadowborn Demon. Yeah, I'd rather have. Or whatever Just one the five, the five drop is. Uh, oh, Bloodgift Demon? Bloodgift Demon, not Shadowborn. Shadowborn's the one from M14. Yeah, the sacrifice one, yeah. Right. Yeah, um, in terms of plugs, um, I don't know, the blog, I'd rather be cubing.wordpress.com and uh, doing some articles on Star City every other week. Uh, Tweet pretty much cube at Usman the Red. Yeah, I think that's about it. Yep. And I am uh, at Anthony42. Um, and my writers are found over at legitmtg.com. Uh, I'll write on the blog occasionally, and one of these days we'll actually get the uh, Twitter account, the Third Power Twitter account, up and running too. So. Would it just retweet, like, I would probably just retweet a bunch of cute stuff that I tweet with, like... Just retweet our stuff, you know. It's like, hey... Like other people, when other people publish things, you know, we can help promote it and stuff like that, so... Yeah. All right. Well, cool, man. Well, thanks. I'm glad we got a chance to uh, to get this one in finally. And, uh, yeah, the uh, surprisingly number of good cube cards for this set, so keep your eye out there for them. Unfortunately, the two best ones are also the two most expensive ones, so... Yeah, which is unfortunate, but... Yeah. But, you know, that's that's the whole point of the collectible card game, right? That the good cards are the expensive ones. Yeah, it was kind of like, wasn't that the kind of the, uh, I don't know, the original intent was, I forget, it was like, they assumed like people would only have like one Black Lotus or one Ancestral or something. Uh-huh. I don't know. I think it was the original intention, but, you know, that didn't really... Right, that didn't quite turn out that way. Although you think about everything in life is like that. You know, the better something is, the more expensive it is, usually. <laughs> yeah. Usually. So, right. well, I think that's about it then. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. I, get, I don't know if I have much else to say. All right, that means there's only one thing left to do. That's very true. Rock over London, rock on Chicago. There is no calm before the storm. There is only Tempest. See you guys next time. All right, see ya. See ya. Man, I'm saying so bad. These are, these are, ugh. Although I guess <laughs> I guess there's a storm and there's a storm cloud in the icon. Oh boy, that's cool.
Right. Ooh, it's Tempest. It's a storm. It means storm. Oh, oh dog. I heard you like. I heard you like storms. <laughs> so I'm gonna play it. But there were no storm cards in Tempest. Yeah, I was just thinking of like the mechanic hadn't been invented. This is a poll. All right. See ya. Okay. <laughs>